You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. Luke chapter number 10. I'm going to read an interesting story to you, and I think it's a story that our first responders might be able to identify with to some extent. Uh, it's the story of the Good Samaritan. And uh, for many of us, we know that terminology. It's one of those uh, names that has made its way into our modern-day vernacular, the Good Samaritan. And so I believe as we read this story, you may be able to identify with the story of the Good Samaritan. So in the Gospel of Luke, chapter number 10, I want to begin reading in verse number 30 and just read down to verse number 37. The Bible says, And Jesus answering said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came down a certain priest that way. Now, just stay in the narrative with me for a moment. This man is traveling on a dangerous pass, a dangerous road. He's beaten. He's robbed. They, they, they rob him to the extent that they actually strip his clothes off of him. They stripped him uh, naked, left him there dying. Now, I, we don't know exactly the shape this man was in outside of that, if he could recognize people coming down the path or not. But just bear with me and imagine for a moment, he's lying there in the ditch, and all of a sudden he sees a priest coming down the road. Now, I wonder if his heart thought, Oh, thank you, Lord, somebody to come and help. But I want you to notice what the Bible says happened. It says that a certain priest, uh, let's see, I'm sorry, I lost my place there. It says that by chance there came down a certain priest that way. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. He passed by on the other side. So the priest came, he saw this man beaten, he saw this man bruised, He saw this man bleeding and about to die, but he left him there to die. Isn't that awful? The Bible says in verse 32, And likewise a Levite, when he was at the place, came down and looked on him and passed by on the other side. So this man, this Levite, was another temple worker, another religious man, and he at least went as far as to go see the problem, but he still wasn't willing to do anything about it, and he just left him there to die. Now, for, uh, for, it's hard for any of us to probably imagine doing something like these two men did. And again, I thank God for our first responders here, because you know this next man is going to be somebody they could identify with. All right? And when you look down into uh, the next verse there, verse 33, the Bible says... But a certain, but a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion on him. And he went to him, and he bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and he set him on his own beast, and brought him to an inn, and took care of him. That's pretty cool, isn't it? And the Bible says, And on the morrow, when he departed, he took out two pence and gave it to the host and said unto him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. So he 
comes the good Samaritan on his ancient ambulance, which was probably a donkey, <laughs> but he was carrying first aid gear, and when he saw this man, folks, he jumped down into that ditch. He, he moved to action when he saw the need of this man. I alluded to this earlier, but I just to say that we need to regularly and faithfully pray for our first responders. But I was, one of the things that I think specifically about is some of the things that they have to see that most of us will never see. Maybe something we, we've seen on a movie and we imagine, oh, I guess that would be pretty bad. But folks, until you've seen what our first responders have had to see uh, as far as uh, the, the, the deaths, the, 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 the mutilation, the, uh, the, 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 all the things they've had to face, folks, I want to tell you something. It's not for the faint of heart. And we need to faithfully and regularly lift up our first responders. And I want to encourage our first responders. I, Doug and I were just having a conversation about this earlier this week. But I want to encourage our first responders, talk to somebody. Talk about it. Fi find somebody you can vent to, whether it's a fellow first responder or whoever it may be. But uh, don't hold all that in. Get some help with that. But we need to pray for them that see these things, like the Good Samaritan saw when he saw this man. Now, there's just a few points I want to try to make this morning, and, uh, and then we will uh, dismiss, and we have a dinner prepared, which I'm looking forward to. And then uh, somebody says, well, I thought dinner was later tonight. No, that's supper, all right? We have dinner uh, at noon, and we're going to have supper later. But, uh, but we're not going to argue about that. But then also, uh, Doug and Renee brought the, the ambulance over, if you'd like to check that out. Uh, I know some of the, the, the uh, officers brought some vehicles. So we have several emergency vehicles. If you'd like to take some of the kids or some of you big kids would like to go out there and check that out. And then we'll have a, we'll have a drawing right after the service as well. But, uh, but I just want to share a few things with you this morning. First of all, I want to just look a little bit about this man. Number one, the Bible says that he was going down. It says he traveled down. Now, that's quite literal. He was going from Jerusalem, which is up on a hill, down, geographically speaking, to Jericho. But I believe that there's another uh, interesting picture there because Jerusalem actually means the city of peace. Jerusalem, the city of peace. Jericho is the city of the curse. This man was going down physically, but I believe there's a picture there of this man going down spiritually as well. Geographically speaking, this road was a mountain and a rocky gorge that was full of twists and turns. The natural geographic features made for good hiding spots for highway bandits to set an ambush. This was a dangerous road. As a matter of they, they, this road was called, in these days, they called it the Pass of Blood. The Pass of Blood. It was a treacherous, dangerous road to go down. <clears throat> and again, I just got to pause on the first responders. They're not supposed to go there. Amen? I mean, man, they may have a natural fear that we all have. Anyway, it was called the Pass of Blood. It was a dangerous place. But you know what I want to say about that today? I believe that this world is a dangerous, treacherous place. I believe there's danger. Not only do we talk about from a physical standpoint, but I mean even from a spiritual standpoint, from an emotional standpoint, there's many snares that are laid around us in the world today. 
So along comes this hapless traveler. He's been, he was beaten. He was robbed. He was stripped. He was left for dead. And folks, I believe from a spiritual significance that that could describe the soul, spiritually speaking, of people, many, that are all around us today. See, many of us have never seen a sight like this man physically, but, listen to me, if we could see what's going on in people's minds, if we could see what's going on in people's hearts, if we could see what's going on behind closed doors, we would know that there are some people that have been beaten up. They've been beaten up by their experiences. They've been beaten up by uh, other people and other loved ones, other experiences they face. They've been robbed by sin. I mean, listen, the, the Bible says that the thief cometh not but for to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come that they might have life. And they might have abundantly. Folks, all around us today, there's people full of pain, despair, loneliness, and hopelessness. Thank God for the first responders that, so, so that are willing to be there to, for our physical needs and our physical protection. Keep us safe. Keep us alive. Keep us healthy. Give us a chance. Protect what we have built and so forth. But what about the people that's got stuff just like you today? Many today, you've got stuff going on inside of you that nobody else knows about. You have loneliness that it seems like nobody else knows about. There's despair. There's hopelessness. The point is, there are people in need. Physically, like this, this man that was beaten, but I believe spiritually also. So we see this man in need. Now, let's look quickly at those that came along after this. I've already mentioned the priest. By chance, a priest. Chance means coincidence. Now, with God, I want to say there is no chance and there is no coincidence. He allowed this priest come, to come along this man's way. But this man did not take advantage of the opportunity. Now, this man was a priest. I wonder, perhaps, maybe he didn't want to get his hands dirty. So I wonder if this priest was maybe too holy, so to speak, too holy. Now, under the, the, under the law, had he touched this man that was bleeding, he would have been unclean until the evening. So maybe he, ceremonially unclean, so maybe he didn't want to get his hands dirty. So he avoided the situation all... Is that... I mean, this man... This man's supposed to represent God Almighty. This man, the idea of the priest is that there's God, there's the priest, there's man. By the way, Jesus cut out the middle man, and, and the Bible says he's our great high priest. But the priest was supposed to represent God. Have you ever been turned off by somebody who's supposed to represent God? Have you ever uh, needed help? That, that you've been totally ignored by someone who is supposed to represent God, whether it's a priest, a pastor, a loved one. So this man perhaps was too holy. The next guy comes along. A Levite comes along. Now again, a Levite, he wasn't to the status of a priest, but he was still a worker within the temple. And I wonder if he perhaps, being a worker, maybe he just didn't have the time. He didn't have the time to stop and help. It wasn't a part of his plan. It inconvenienced him too much. See, but I say today that people should be our first priority. 
not things, not tasks. I mean, and by the way, did you know that naturally speaking, for some of you, that's a challenge? You've got a task, you've got something you're trying to accomplish, and if you're not careful, people can be secondary to that. The folks, people should come first. Others, amen. So here, here he did. He, he came, the, the priest, he saw him way over here. The priest just said, I'm not going nowhere near that guy. The Levite came and said, what's this? He came and he looked on him. Can't you imagine that guy down there? Maybe he's gurgling. Maybe he's uh, uh, under a muffled cry saying, help me. Can you please help me? But that Levite just says, ah, no, I don't think so. And off he went. Oh, my friend, there's people crying today if we would just listen. People need the love of God. People need the care of other people. See, maybe the one was too holy. Maybe the other one was in a hurry. But they were probably both on a holiday. And what I mean by that is this. became become what was known as a priestly city. When priests were not performing their circuit or their task, their rotation in Jerusalem, they would come down to Jericho during their off time. So maybe they, they were in a place to where they weren't, uh, they were too inconvenient, they had other things to do. I want to say this quickly. Why does Jesus use the priest and the Levite here? Because what Jesus is trying to point out is this. Religion is often callous. Religion is powerless to make a difference. It cares more about appearances than it does people. Cares more about appearances than people. See, religion, there are certain people religion don't want coming into their church buildings. They don't want them, you know, desecrating this holy ground or something. See, religion oftentimes, listen, <laughs> it, it, may, it, it may do something to, to where... Uh, the religion, religion may give money so that someone else can get their hands dirty, but will not inconvenience itself enough to lift its pinky finger. There's people that will send missionaries, oh, I'm glad they're going over there, but man, we don't want them people in our church. See, religion is pointing, Jesus is pointing out religion for a reason. And I want to say this, it's no wonder that people get turned off from God and the church. I want to say to you today, if you're turned off from God in the church, you're looking at a guy that's not going to judge you in the least bit. You want to know why? Because if I had gone through, I would have a poor opinion of God in the church. I absolutely would. I don't blame you. It's no wonder that people get turned off from God in the church. That, see, because that which has represented God in their lives, whether it's a dead, ritualistic, holier-than-thou church or a hypocritical church, sometimes it's a family member that has introduced them to an unloving, vindictive God whom you could never please. I mean, this religion has been cold, weak, and fraudulent. It's not hard for you to recognize it's a fraud. But here Jesus is rebuking the unreal, heartless, compassionless, formal religion. <laughs> you say, wait a second, preacher. We're sitting in the church right now, which you're the pastor, and you're saying all that about religion. Yes, I am. 
Why? Because I'm not interested in trying to get you to be religious today. I'm interested in introducing to you to the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm, I'm interested with you having a relationship with Christ because that's what matters. I'm not trying to get you to convert to be a Baptist or anything else. Folks, I just want you to know him. Because you want to know something? He's real. He's real. And that's who this next man in, introduces us to, all right? Uh, if, and I'll say this quickly. See, the, the, the needs of others around us is an opportunity to show the love of Christ and an opportunity. These others came by chance. There's another one that saw it as a chance to make a difference. Verse 33, the good Samaritan. Again, what had happened? When, when he, he was journeying. He was a difference maker. Thank God today we're honoring difference makers. We're honoring difference makers today. This man was a difference maker. He was a man of action. Here comes, as I said it already, here comes a one-man rescue squad. Here he comes. And man, Jesus reveals to us several contrasts, and I want to give these to you quickly. Number one, this man, the Bible specifies, he was a Samaritan. The other two men were Jews. See, Samaritans were a people that were treated lesser than. These Samaritans were not even allowed into the temple. Samaritans were treated as outcasts, rejects, and quite literally, the Jews, the religious people, called them dogs. That's who this man is. But he's the one that says, I don't care what you call me, I'm going to help you anyway. It almost reminds me of some of those protesters I saw not too long ago. They're there at a protest, protesting, trying to get the police defunded, and lo and behold, they lock themselves out of their car. <laughs> so what happens? Here comes the police officer over there to unlock their car. Amen. I guess they were glad they didn't get defunded before he did that for them at least. But, uh, but there's this good Samaritan. He says, I don't care if you like me or not. I'm going to help you because that's my job. That's my duty. Uh, see, isn't it cool, though, you think about this? Jesus identifies with this Samaritan. Jesus, see, Jesus, by telling us this story, the Bible says that a, a parable is, a, is a, it's an earthly story with a heavenly meaning or a spiritual meaning. And literally what we're going to see here is Jesus is saying, this Samaritan, more than anyone, represents me. So the Samaritan represents Jesus. So in order to represent himself, he says, I'm going to identify myself with this one whom you call a dog. I'm going to identify myself. You know what the Bible says about Jesus? He's a friend of sinners. Amen. He's a friend of sinners. Oh, my friend, listen. He identifies himself. So, again, we've all been beat up. Mankind has been beat up, robbed by sin, and left half dead. You want to know something? There's a lot of you, maybe even people here today, you're on, barely holding on, left half dead. But I'm telling you, folks, there's a God in heaven. See, the Bible says in John 10, 10, the thief cometh not but for to steal, kill, destroy. Here's what Jesus said, I am come. By the way, just like that Samaritan, he came. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Sin steals, kills, Jesus said, I'm coming to give you life. All right? So what is it that moved him to act? I'll give you these few things and we'll dismiss. Number one, he journeyed. 
The Bible says he was on a journey. It sounds like he was on a mission. Sounds like he was on a mission. He, he journeyed and he came where he was. <laughs> you want to know something I want to tell you about the Lord Jesus Christ? Jesus is still on a mission today. Who's he looking for? He's not looking for the elite. And you know what Jesus said? He said, I'm not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And what he's simply saying there, he wasn't saying that those who call themselves righteous aren't sinners. He's just saying that they don't acknowledge it. <laughs> See, Jesus has a mission. He's a friend of sinners. You say, well, who's that? That's me. <laughs> and that's you. The Bible says all of sin and come short of the glory of God. See, Jesus identified. He had a purpose. He came with the mission. He came where he was. Oh, folks, listen to me this morning. What religion oftentimes does is it draws a line right here. And it says, if you can get to this point, we'll let you in. If you get to this point, if you can check this box, we'll accept you. But I'm glad Jesus goes beyond that line, amen? And he comes right where you are. It doesn't matter if you're in the pit. It doesn't matter if you're in the gutter. I'm glad there's a loving, caring Savior that will come where you are. All right. So, listen, the purpose. He came where he was. See, when I could not go where he was, he came to me. And listen, his arm and his hand can reach further down than yours can reach up. So number one, he came with purpose. Number two, he came with passion. The Bible says there when he saw him, he had compassion. I want to pause right here for just a moment and lay two very important truths on your heart today. Number one, the Bible says he saw him. You want to know something today? That everyone I'm speaking to today, Jesus sees you. He knows your every thought. He knows every sin you've ever committed. He knows every word that you've ever said. He sees every heartbreak, every tear, every stress. He sees, uh, he, he sees it all. But now here's the question. He sees, but how do you think he sees you? You say, wait a second. Did you just say he knows everything I've ever thought, everything I've ever said, everything I've ever done? How do you think he sees me? It's an important question. But I'd like to tell you this morning how he sees you. The Bible says when he looked on him, he didn't say, oh, what a bloody mess. He didn't look on him and say, man, that guy, I would go. he's dirty. He's bloody. He's nasty. He smells. Whatever else might be going on, none of that. When he saw him, he had compassion. What does God see when he looks at you? I can promise you this today, compassion. Compassion. Compassion is a beautiful compound word. The word passion means to suffer. The word prefix, uh, the, the prefix com means with. So compassion means to suffer with. He doesn't look at you, listen to me, he does not look at you at you condemningly today, but with compassion. He really loves you. You said, oh, I've had trouble with church. I've tried church. I'm not talking about church. I'm talking about the Lord. He really loves you. He really cares about you. It breaks God's heart to see you have a broken heart. He cares about your tears. He cares about your heartaches and your heartbreaks, and He really wants you to share those with Him. But hold on. Not only that, just like the infomercials say, but wait, there's more. Not only does he care, 
Because it would have been great if the Good Samaritan said, man, I really care about this guy. Oh, I'm really concerned about what he's going through. But if he couldn't do anything about it, but folks, he's got power, amen? He's got purpose, he's got passion, he's got power. Why? Because the Bible says he went to him, he got out the oil and the wine and the bandages, and he bound him up and he began to take care of him. Here's what I'm trying to tell you today. He doesn't just care about your life. He doesn't just care about your circumstances. He doesn't just care about your children, whatever it is you may be going through. Folks, he will change your life. He can rearrange your circumstances. And he won't make all the problems go away, but I'll tell you one thing, it's a whole lot easier when you've got him walking through, walking with you through the problems and carrying you through these trials. All right, so he's got power. I want to close with this thought, the man's part. I wonder if, our, if any of our uh, first responders today have, has ever had anybody refuse your help. I really don't know. I don't know if that happens very often. But refuse your help. Now, I don't know if this this man was any kind of shape to refuse anything, but just indulge me for a moment. Imagine that this man recognized that the man helping him was a Samaritan. He may say something like this. Well, this isn't the kind of Savior I was looking for. This isn't the help that I wanted. You say, well, that would be foolish. I agree. But that's how people often look at Christ. Oh, he's not the, that's, that's not, I don't really want that kind of Savior. Well, you know what I would say to this Samaritan? Well, buddy, he's the only one you got coming. Because <laughs> nobody else is going to help this man or could really help this man. And it's the same way with the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, my friend, we, we, we can imagine also that if this man was aware at all, he knew that he really needed help. He knew that he really needed help. See, that's one of the big questions. Can you see your need today? See, you may have figured out a long time ago that religion isn't the answer. Well, that's good because you're ahead of the game. You may have already figured that out, but a lot of people haven't. That's good. Religion isn't the answer. Jesus is the answer. See, you may have already figured out that religion is the answer, but see, some people, instead of turning to Christ, they turn to things of this world. But deep down, you know what you're trying to get to, to fill that void in your life is not working. Religion didn't work, and some people say God and whatever and Jesus, but no, no, it was just religion. So they turn to these things of this world, but you know what? That's not working either. So you try to find something else in this world, and that's not working either. My friend, deep down inside, there's an answer, and there's a need, and I want to say that there's a Savior today. He sees you, He knows you, He loves you. Jesus wants you to experience all of His glorious grace, love, and mercy. He has come a long way for you. You know, think of the effort of these first responders getting up, inconveniencing themselves, middle of the night, freezing cold, don't matter when it is, off they go. Can you imagine getting there and saying, oh, no thanks. I wonder if these, uh, these law enforcement officers ever had a false call, you know, or somebody called 911, you had to come, oh, we didn't really mean to call. Really? After all that? Well, let me tell you something today. Jesus came a long way from heaven to the cross to here today to save you. 
Will you refuse him? All you must do is call on him with a repentant heart this morning. And so I wonder today, as we close, if we could just all stand, we're going to have a word of prayer and a time of invitation, and we'll be dismissed. I thank you for your patience.